I'd say it averages maybe around 20 to 30% of our new revenue is driven through podcasts. And we have a lot of other sort of marketing engines doing well, but yeah, it's a significant portion of Huckabye's revenue. Welcome to our weekly show, Brands at Podcasts, where we focus on one thing only, showing you behind the scenes of how some of the best brands in the world are using podcasting to grow. All right, Jeff, welcome. So before we dive in to the podcasting strategies you're currently using at Huckabye, a little background here is that you were the former SVP of marketing at Overstock.com, and you're now the founder of Huckabye, which is a SEO SaaS startup. And it sounds like, which we're going to dive in today, you've leveraged an interesting podcast tour strategy over the course of like about a year and a half since mid-2019 to grow the business. And you've done about more than 50 podcast interviews to date. And not only that, but given the space that you're in, which is SEO and what Huckabye does, what's interesting is Google has started over the last year or two, started to hint at and then become a little bit more explicit that they're starting to index podcast episodes and the content in those episodes in search results in various ways. And and so those two things um, along with anything else that we we might you know dive into today is what I'm excited to to chat with you about. Yeah, likewise, Eric. It's great to be here. Yeah, interesting time in the podcast world. I have gone from knowing really nothing about podcasts to yeah having been on over 50 of them and a very successful podcast tour. And yeah, Google's finally getting wind that podcasts are important and <laughs> leveraging them now as content and in their search results. So that's an exciting opportunity, I think, for everybody. Cool. Yeah. So maybe kind of right before we dive in, if you could give just a super short overview of, of what Huckabye is and why you started it, what led you to start the company? Huckabye is a performance-based SEO software. Our main goal is to actually not just report on your results like most SEO SaaS companies do, but to actually move the needle. And so we handle, so my background comes from Overstock. We had a you know really successful SEO channel from zero to like 300 million in revenue. And I learned that just what it takes to grow. And the industry is a kind of a crazy industry. So it's a services driven industry, about $85 billion with a spend with the average net promoter score of zero. So it's a really rough industry. A lot of snake oil salesmen really, yeah, it's just like shocking. And so we're coming at this from a totally different angle than the services angle. The services means like agencies and consultants who can't fundamentally fix the problems that need to be addressed for real SEO growth. They're just misaligned with companies trying to grow. So obviously with a net promoter score of zero, it's an industry ripe for disruption. And that's what we aim to do. So we're taking the technical angle where Google's very open and honest about what they want out of websites. And there's a couple big sort of macro trends like mobile and mobile friendliness, page speed, structured data, which is something that we automate, and another trend called dynamic rendering. And so we've built products that basically give Google exactly what they want out of a website. And lo and behold, when you do that, companies grow. (laughs) So... We basically think of, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time on the UI, UX for a human. Huckabye optimizes the UI, UX when Google comes and visits and gives them Mm. sort of the perfect version of any given site. 
So yeah, that's what we do. And we make sites faster, more mobile friendly. We make the page speed better. We automate structured data and we create this dynamically rendered SEO cloud product, which basically makes a copy of the site just for Google. So yeah. That's awesome. And for some context there, could you give us an idea of like how big the company is in terms of just team size or customers or revenue? Mm -hmm. And then we can dive into maybe some of the marketing tactics you've used. Yes, we're about three years old. We have about 20 employees right now. We've gone over a million dollars in what we call ARR, annual recurring revenue. Yeah, does that give you a sense? Yeah, perfect. And so obviously being in the SEO space, I'm assuming you use your own strategies that you help companies with with SEO. And then we're going to talk about some of the podcast marketing you've done. But what other channels, before we dive into that, I think it's good to get a little overview of what marketing levers you have pulled so that we can sort of compare and contrast those with the podcast tour. So, you know, obviously, I'm sure you've used some of the SEO tactics that you all teach and help facilitate with. Is there anything else on top of that that you've done? So, yeah, we've done SEO, heavy on SEO, which is an awesome channel. Podcast display advertising as a means for awareness, really like a more of a branding channel than a direct response channel. Some paid search, some LinkedIn. We have sort of organic LinkedIn is quite successful. We've kind of tried a, a little bit of everything, but we're pretty disciplined. So we really focus on brand awareness, good SEO, good email marketing. And podcasting has become our focus. So mm. those are the channels that we are focused on. Yeah. So let's talk about that then. So, you know, since mid 2019, so actually it's been about a year or so since you started this, it sounds like you've done around 50 interviews, which is a lot, you know, kind of, it sounds like equally <laughs> not about one per week. Mm -hmm. What made you want to test this channel? And what sort of data points do you look at when determining the success of it, you know, in order to continue doing it at the rate and velocity that you are sort of doubling down on it? I really didn't think this was going to be a big channel for us. It was more just something to do to get backlinks. So it's a fantastic backlink strategy, which is a really important part of SEO. So at the beginning, I would just go on podcasts literally to just get a link back to our site from a good domain was one of our backlink strategies. And Finn, our marketing manager, he saw the bigger picture. I did not. He was like, this is a channel. This is going to become a channel for us. And it's sort of like you, you work your way up the ladder. You know, you start on really small podcasts. And if you do well, you know, you can share the episodes with other podcasters. And then you kind of build a little bit of a reputation and you know become a sort of popular guest and so you start getting on bigger and bigger and bigger podcasts and once you get on some of these like really sort of large ones that are authoritative you get a lot of inbound leads <laughs> you know you get a lot of revenue as a result people want you know they've spent like a half an hour to an hour with you and they trust the host and so you're just along for the ride but you're speaking authoritatively on something and it's such just a unique channel like the you know, how often do you get just in regular business life to spend, you know, an hour a week with a really intelligent, somewhat stranger that probably becomes a friend by the end of it, talking about really interesting topics and having people listen to it. And, you know, you develop a ton of content, you develop a ton of relationships, you get a bunch of inbound leads. It's just been like a really 
amazing ride that I was not expecting at all. It has been one of our most successful, if not our most successful marketing efforts over the last year, year and a half. Wow. So yeah, it's just been a, like, I'm a marketer, right? I was the SVP of marketing at Overstock, like one of the biggest brands in the United States. Never did I think that podcasting would be such a successful channel for Huckabye, but here we are. Like, I'm honored to be on this podcast because you guys totally get it. Listening to past episodes, I mean, I should have listened to you years ago, <laughs> but I'm a I'm a fan now, man. I'm a total believer, and yeah, happy to get in into you know specific stories on how how it's worked and how it's become so successful for us. Yeah, there's a bunch we can unpack here, which is sort of the tactics of how you've done it. You know, just the X's and O's of of getting on 50 podcasts, carving out the time to do it. But I'm also curious, maybe first before we dive into that, how soon into this process did that light bulb moment happen? Like, was there a particular interview that went live or sort of your first few leads that came in that closed? Or what was one of those first things that just that light bulb went off for you that this is actually going to be a little bit more interesting than than just the backlink strategy, which I also want to learn from you on as your SEO expertise with that backlinks as well. Cause there's obviously multiple sort of ROI points here with this as you get inbound leads, but you're also getting backlinks, which is helping with SEO. But for you, was there, you know, early into the process, was it like three months, six months, nine months? Like what did that look like? And what was that initial sort of wave that led you to believe in this as a channel? So it was sort of gradual. The very first episode I ever did, very first podcast I ever did. I remember it going live, listening to it. And it was great. It was just, we got so much content. There was, you know, we hadn't done a lot of content marketing, especially from my voice. I'm not sitting down and writing a lot. You know, Finn writes a lot for us, which is awesome. But there wasn't a ton of content coming from my voice. And I think he wanted to sort of pull that out of me. And so, you know, we would sort of, you know, you can kind of set up what some of the questions are and get some great content. So we ended up the very first one, I was almost like, wow, this is great because we had generated all this great content. We had a bit of more of a voice to the company. Now we got the backlink, you know, it was a small podcast. I don't think we got any inbound leads. So it was a win sort of right out of the gate. And I enjoyed doing it too. It was just a fun experience and it felt valuable. So we continued to do it. And Finn really played such a big role here because he was the one reaching out and booking them and setting up the questions and sort of working up the podcast ladder, if you will, where, you know, we'd create clips and sort of like a short little highlight reel and send it to people and they liked what they heard. And so they had booked me on that podcast. And so we just kind of worked up the ladder. And as once we did, I think probably about a month or two in, we did one podcast where we got like a bunch of really good qualified leads, like really good. And we both were sort of blown away and that, that we were just bought in at that point. I was like, let's do it. And we started to see our domain authority jump so it was kind of a combination of a few things. One was just the pure content of it and how we could use that content on our site and for SEO and put in audio clips on the site and all sorts of stuff there. Two, we started getting revenue as a result. And then three, our own SEO started to benefit as a result of the backlinks. 
And I'd say it actually happened relatively quickly that that we were like, we're on to something here. We got to keep doing this. That's awesome. And for you guys, is your model a self-serve model or do you have to get on sales calls with your prospects? We do sales calls. Okay. So you're able, is that how you sort of quantify this is you ask, you know, every potential customer on those calls where they heard about you? Yeah. Now we do something where we actually offer a discount to any podcast listener. So if they just name the podcast and like a contact us form, they automatically get a discount as they go through the process of buying Huckabye. So yeah, we can always attribute it sort of back to a specific podcast. But yes, we measure like the success. Well, part of the success, It's there's other factors too, but part of the success in terms of, did we get inbound leads? Did they you know, turn into customers? Did they generate revenue? Is there any way to quantify that over the last year or so? Like off the top of your head, I mean, you maybe don't have this right in front of you and it's okay if you don't want to share, but you know, in terms of maybe like the quantitative number of leads that have been driven to you or potentially the number of customers that signed up as a result of any of this, is there any metric yeah. that you're able to tie back to it that way? Yeah, I actually don't have the number off the top of my head, but, you know, we've had months throughout this year, year and a half where, you know, 50% of the revenue that month or even more has come from podcasts. I'd say it averages maybe around 20 to 30% of our new revenue is driven through podcasts. So that's pretty wow. significant. And we have a lot of other sort of marketing engines doing well, but yeah, it's a significant portion of Huckabye's revenue. Right. Which on top of it, you know, helping the domain authority helps, I'm sure, some of those other marketing channels you're using too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another thing that we've done is we sometimes we don't do this all the time, but if we're talking to like an influencer or someone that we really like and want to do, you know, stay in touch and be partners, perhaps we'll give podcast hosts Huckabye for free. And sometimes even do it before I go on the podcast. So we'll give it to them for like three months. They'll get like basically a free trial where, and they get it kind of forever. And then I'll hop on and we'll look at the results and we'll talk about how it went and, you know, what their site's experiencing, what their SEO channel is experiencing, what their revenue is doing. So that's been a, kind of an interesting twist as well, where we've probably given it away to, you know, a half dozen influencer podcasts get uh, hosts who could benefit from it and we could benefit as a result of them having it so that's an interesting little twist as well that's super interesting so what how does that play out does that it's not necessarily you know a assumption that they're going to then go talk about the product outside of your interview in the way of like an ad spot or anything like that but how does that actually play out to benefit you just more basically allowing them to have more context and knowledge of the product for your guys' interview or some other way that that is carrying forward after your interview? Yeah, I mean, we could use Lemon Pie as an example. I, mean, I don't know how much SEO you guys do, but you probably probably do some or would like to be doing more and would like to be getting more inbound leads through SEO. And so we would essentially just give you the software, let you, you know, run with it. It doesn't really cost us anything. And we would specifically work with you on podcast SEO. So how do we, you know, make podcasting SEO successful 
because that would be a collaboration that we could do. And then mm. if you liked what happened, you'd probably start recommending us to your customers. You'd say, mm. you know, hey, not only are we gener- not only do we bring to the table, you know, I'm sure I'm going to sell you guys short, but like fantastic podcasting, all these things, but you're also going to get an increase in organic search traffic as a result of your podcast efforts. Like, let's make those podcast efforts go further than what mm. they normally would do. You know, then we have a potential partnership. So that's kind of the how it usually works. Sometimes we use it as like a carrot, right? To get right. me on the podcast where it's right. someone's like really high up. And almost every company, right, needs organic search traffic, needs Huckabye in some way, shape or form. And so we'll just give it to them and be like, hey, give this a try. You know, I know you're not ready to have Jeff on the podcast yet. And then it's a great product. So then they're, they see success and they're doing well and they're, they feel sort of indebted, you know, so they're like, absolutely, we'll have them on. So it's, it works in a few different ways, but it's been, you just make these very organic relationships as a result of podcasting. Like just speaking with you today, Eric, is such a pleasure. And, you know, I bet we'll figure out a way to help each other at some point in the future. And so if the product, giving someone the product helps that relationship and helps the potential partnership, you know, there's really no downside for either side. So I've also had companies, you know, I've gone on a podcast by a company or, you know, that ends up buying our software, like just straight Mm. up buying it. And that's always fantastic too. So (laughs) yeah, that's been kind of a fun, a fun twist to it is that we can actually build partnerships. We have, you know, we're, we're a software company, so we can we can do people favors with with our technology. That's super interesting. I really like that approach. Are there any other surprising ways you're either landing these podcasts? I'd like to learn a little bit more specifically about how you and Finn are working to land the the shows, but any surprising ways you're landing shows or having a ROI on the back end of it that maybe aren't necessarily the obvious, you know, at face value when you first got into it? Mm. You know, we almost should have had Finn join us because he would know more about interesting ways that we've landed podcasts. You know, doing people favors definitely helps past episodes that are successful or kind of went crazy. Always are, are good stories. You know, we've had a few that have really gotten a lot of attention, which helps a lot. On the back end, there's so many things. The, the network, just the pure network that I personally and Finn have built through interacting with podcasters and being on podcasts has so many like successful variables that you wouldn't think about. You know, it's like almost impossible to even track it all. So if you're on one, you know, six months later, you could get an inbound lead that was just referred to by was just, a, you know, someone SEO came up and the person I was on their podcast said, Oh my gosh, I talked to Jeff Atkinson for a half an hour. I had him on my podcast. His technology is like revolutionary. It's totally different from SEO. You know, I know you're struggling with your agency or whatever, and they'll, you know, we'll just get an inbound lead that we probably, you know, doesn't, we don't even can source it back. Like we won't hear from the potential customer that they heard about us through this person, you know, over drinks one night. <laughs> so. I bet there's, you know, when I say that like 20 to 30%, that's probably under what it actually is because who knows Mm. how many people have just come to our site, filled out a contact us form or reached out on LinkedIn or whatever. 
and right. landed in our pipeline. So I think it's a, you know, that's a few, there, there's a bunch of like really healthy SEO things that happen. I know one thing that I'm always shocked about is that podcasts, it's not like live radio. So you can have an inbound lead come from a podcast that that's, you know, first was aired nine months ago, but all of a sudden it's getting more and more popular. And so people are, you know, binge listening as they've first touched this podcast and they're like, wow, you know, they just keep listening and listening. And so we get leads from podcasts that I've done like a year ago, which is just wild to me. Wow. I didn't expect that happening. So yeah, it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. I just think there's a lot of, it's a really rare channel. Like if you compared it to like paid search or any sort of paid channel, when you turn it off, you turn it off. This is, it's almost like SEO. Like it's an organic thing that lives on forever. And, and so time spent investing on me going on podcasts is just going to keep benefiting us and benefiting us. So even if I stopped going on podcasts tomorrow and didn't go on for three months, which is actually kind of the plan because I'm just about to have a baby. <laughs> oh, congrats. <laughs> oh, thanks. Then we still are going to get like a bunch of inbound leads because I've built up all these podcasts that I've done. And what I've found is yeah, people listen to them at, you know, they're not, they listen to them no matter what, when it is. So that's an interesting thing that I wasn't expecting, like the benefit over time. I always thought, well, it got released today. It's getting shared around LinkedIn and that'll be it. No, it actually is. You know, if someone's just discovered a podcast, they really like it. They'll listen to all the podcasts going back for like a year. So yeah, we, we get this sort of long-term benefit that I was not expecting. Yeah. And to your point on, you know, like having some potential customers come through that maybe came through the podcast sort of host network that you've built up. I can definitely understand how that could be tough to track. I mean, like maybe they're in Facebook groups and mm -hmm. someone needed an SEO platform and your name came up, and, but they're not really going to necessarily mention that it, sort of how it got in front of them and how they ended up talking with you. But right. that was actually a byproduct of doing that, doing that podcast. Yep. What about the backlink strategy? So maybe we could talk a little bit about anything you're doing. Uh, are you doing anything to ensure that you're getting backlinks for every episode? Like do most podcasters all put backlinks on their website? And if, if they do, are you proactively mentioning anything to them or giving them anything? It sounds like you have some codes that you use for different hosts. And then maybe we could talk a little bit about what Google is doing now with indexing these podcasts and podcast episodes and what you're seeing on that front as well. Yeah. So on the backlink strategy, Almost every show has show notes and almost every, you know, every podcast I've been on is totally willing to link to us. I don't think we've had a single one that hasn't. We do ask for it too. If, so we're specific. I think, you know, I'm just open and honest about it. Like it's part of why I'm going on. And so, and most hosts are very open, like we'll do whatever you want. So yeah, you can actually put specific links with specific anchor text. We don't really do a promo code or anything like that. It's more like sometimes they put it in there, you know, that they get a 20% discount or something. But it's more about, yeah, just asking for what you want. There's no other way to really do it. So we're just upfront and honest and say, hey, do you mind linking to us here, here, and here? And usually the answer is yes. Do you do that after the recording, after you have that conversation, or do you do it kind of leading up to it? 
after. Yeah, I believe Finn does it. So we always look at like what's getting posted right away. And if there isn't, we sh- most likely we've already asked. So it's like a follow up or like, yeah, if you don't mind linking to us here, here and here. And then if it isn't, then we'll yeah ping them again and say, hey, awesome episode. By the way, would you mind like inserting a link to Huckabye here? And 99% of the time, the answer is yes. So that's been you know awesome. And so we're actually thinking about starting a podcast. It's probably not going to happen until later this summer, but we would do the same thing. You know, why not? It's sharing the love. Someone puts time and and an energy into, you know, spending time with me. Would love to do them a favor. How does that compare to other backlink building strategies? I mean, I'm no expert here. Like this is your world, but comparatively, you know, getting 50 backlinks over the course of a year using a podcast guest approach versus the other approaches there are. How would you rank those and compare them? So for us, it has been the best strategy by a long shot. Like it, nothing even comes close to it. Backlinks is a really strange game. You know, there's a there's different ways to do it. You can, you know, try to generate a piece of content that ends up going viral. You can do a podcast, right? And and host it your or have it on your own site and people will link to it. There's some scalable ways, like you can build embeddable players and, and things like that that just automatically Every time someone embeds something, links back to you. So there are lots of strategies and, you know, did a lot of strategies at Overstock and I've seen a lot of our customers do different strategies. Unfortunately, I'm not really in that world anymore, which is great. We're just technical software. We're, we're just doing it ourselves. But from our experience, we started, when I started podcasting, we probably had a domain authority under 10. Actually, I know we did. So domain authority, just so your listeners know, is scale of zero to a hundred. And it's basically how important does Google view your site to be? And it's completely based on backlinks. Backlinks are like votes, but not every vote's created equal. So if you know the homepage of the New York Times links to us, it's a lot more powerful than if just a random blog links to us. For us, podcasts, so we're now I think like in the 40s, 45 or something like that. 43 was probably the last time I checked. And that's 95% of that has been that growth and domain authorities happen through podcasts. So wow. for us, it is by far the most efficient and successful backlink strategy we have done. And I was not planning on that. Like I didn't th- see that coming, <laughs> but you know, we just, sometimes I'll do like five podcasts in a week and just boom, like all of a sudden we get five great links. So it's been very effective. It's, you know, I re- highly recommend it. And what does that equate to then? So going from a domain authority under 10 to a domain authority in the 40s or 50s, what does that then correlate with, with your lead, I guess, volume? Yeah, it basically means zero rankings, like no SEO traffic, nothing happening because Google just could care less about Huckabye to we're getting, I think it's like 30,000 visitors a month. Mm. to our website and a good chunk of those are coming from seo so yeah it's all the difference in the world if we hadn't done that there's no way we would get any of you know there's just no way we would be getting these rankings and these this inbound traffic so yeah night and day it's not let's just like we were nothing and now we're significant oh that's awesome that's awesome and then yeah so how does how does google from your vantage point jeff like how is google currently indexing and 
placing an emphasis on podcasts and search results and like where do you see that going and how do you see that being important to to companies who are using podcasts as a growth and marketing channel yeah so google actually announced last year in 2019 at their io conference which is their sort of their big technical conference where they come out and say what they're up to that the audio vertical will be searchable they've committed to making audio the technology or audio whatever files as part of their index so they actually call it like they're going to make audio a first class citizen in terms of content so just the way that think of like when you search for stuff and you see videos being shown youtube videos i would expect the same thing will be happening with podcasts i personally haven't seen it happening a lot but they're committed to it and they're going to make the content just as relevant and just as sort of indexable as any other form of content. So there's lots of different forms. You know, there's there's just pure text. There's stuff like recipes. There's sports scores. There's all sorts of stuff. And by the way, structured data is the way to communicate this stuff. And it will be very important when it comes to mm. audio as well. But it will be, think of it as like when you search for stuff and you're asking how to and whether it's you're using audio query, you know, you're actually asking a device, whether it's your phone or uh, Google home or something, it's going to be, that's really why they're doing it. There's always reasons why they're doing stuff, but much of voice search is becoming a really big thing. It's going to be enormous and they need to have content to play back to users. And that will be most likely audio content that they're now indexing. It's not Really, I don't see a ton of it today, but when they make a commitment like that, they will follow through. And so getting ahead of the curve when it comes to making sure your audio stuff is queued up for them to be able to crawl and index. Also thinking about what are the types of, how are they going to use it? So shorter clips are probably going to become important, being able to break pieces apart for them. You know, who knows? It's going to be really interesting, but Having structured data to communicate what what's actually happening on any audio file, yeah, they're committed to it. So I think there's a certain amount of real estate when it comes to a search, and we think of it as just those blue links that come back when we search for something. And now they're not just ten blue links; they're what are called rich enhancements. The search results are enhanced. So when you search for that score, the sports score just gives it to you. The weather, or you know, a recipe that just shows up, or product reviews come right through. All those enhancements are powered by structured data. And now, just like any other type of content, audio is going to be part of those enhancements in search results. And those enhancements when it comes to voice search, all that Google's doing is just reading back to you the answer. So if you search like how to make a margarita and a rich result shows up with step-by-step instructions at the top of the page, and then you go to your Google Home device and say, Google show me how to make a margarita and it just lists step by step just reads it back to you that's being powered by the structured data and i think the same thing's going to happen with audio because they're now just going to be just like a recipe is or a youtube video it's it's going to be part of the mix now so when i say it's going to be part of like the real estate it's like yeah it's going to be part of the real estate on the page but some of that real estate you can't actually see because it's just uh, voice active, it's, you know, voice searches, you can't actually see it. It's just talking back to you. So it's going to be 
a big part of that, I believe. I mean, that's sort of the, the future of searches. It's changing really fast, and this is they're committed to making uh, audio, you know, as they say, not a second-class citizen. So that'll be exciting, and it'll be huge for for your world and and for mine as well, to be honest. Yeah, and especially as like people get more used to the use case of audio search, mm-hmm. voice search, you know, the way that they ask questions might change, and that mm-hmm. might that might actually bring back specific podcast episodes or clips. To your point you know, hey, how do you start a business? Or I'm a B2B company, I need to improve my sales. You know, like those results may actually be pulling from podcast episodes in the future. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you think companies who are using podcasting now should be doing on offense right now? Or is it just be aware that this is going to be important? Try to potentially, you know, have your podcast content time stamped out and the archives be easily navigable now via written so that when it is time to maybe put these in the format that Google needs it, your data is already sort of structured in a way that's pretty easy to do that. Or is is that fair? Or is there anything else to be thinking about there you think right now? So we're doing something kind of interesting here where we're giving them a shortcut by just transcribing every podcast I've been on and making it available on our site. So I don't know how good they are <laughs> at crawling the audio files. Like it's a pretty challenging task. And so we're just like giving them a shortcut because they're it's processing time on their end to do that. And so with us, we always think about how do you just like queue it up for them, give them like what they want. So we basically say, you know, structure data that says, yeah, this is a podcast. Here's the topic. Here's the host. Here's the guest. Here's when it happened. Here's how long it is. Like all that information you can put in structured data so that they can, they're just like, they come to the page and they're like, okay, this is a podcast episode. And then we're actually just, just transcribing it and just giving it to them as a shortcut. So that's something that we're doing. And you guys put that on, on your site. Yep. Yep. Cool. And then we'll like link to the host and their site. And, but yeah, structuring it in a way that's easy for them to understand is just really important. So that's one suggestion. And just having good structured data is a, probably the biggest step just to help them. So there's there's podcast structured data and it's pretty straightforward. And obviously Huckabye does it, but there's other companies that can help you do it. And if you can get that information to them, you know, when they start using it, you'll be positioned to to get capture that search traffic and that those answers and such. So And then also thinking about, you know, it's just like keyword research. Like, what are people actually searching for? What are people like, what would they actually like ask a device about relevant to your business? Maybe nothing, but, you know, you can probably start to get there. Like for us, it's stuff like what is structured data? What is dynamic rendering? We want to be able to answer those questions. So, yeah, think a little bit about what your customer is searching for with voice search. If they're doing, you know, it's kind of a weird task because, (laughs) <laughs> us adults don't really do it all that well, but kids, boy, they ask everything via voice search now. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot like when mobile took over mm-hmm. right now, the user experience just isn't quite there yet, but it will be very soon. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to be like that 90, 10 flip, but it's, it's happening. You know, one crazy stat is that 50% of searches now are zero click, meaning it was either a question wow. and answer or you typed in, you know, Park City weather, or, you know, there's just no reason for a click. So audio, obviously, there's no place to click. So it's, yeah, the search world is changing, obviously, <laughs> very fast. And and we just like to be out ahead of it, you know. 
shameless plug, like this is what Huckabye works on. You know, we, we're all about like, how do we align our customers for where Google's going? And I think this sort of podcast optimization and audio file optimization is really important. But those are some tips. Yes, good structured data, maybe transcribe it and just be prepared that, it, yeah, it's coming. And and when they do start to to leverage it, like we'll all be kind of figuring out what the best way to optimize it is. Yeah, and it might feel sort of like a slow change or shift and then all of a sudden a quick one to your point like it may it may just kind of flip and be a primary use case for a lot of people once that switch happens so yeah being uh being prepared for sure cool well jeff (laughs) this has been awesome man i i really appreciate all the insights you dropped today i guess the last question kind of before we head out is do you think that this is a strategy that all brands, all companies, no matter what industry, what vertical, what personas they have, you know, anything, it is a valuable strategy for any brand. And if so, like, what would be one piece of advice you'd have for them to get started on it? And it doesn't necessarily have to be just with the podcast tour you did. It could be, it sounds like you're going to start your own show. Maybe you guys have tested advertising a little bit, just in general, like podcasting as a channel in general. Do you think that this is something that all brands should look at or just some? And then if so, how should they get started? I think, you know, just got to get started, get on a podcast, see how you do. If you've got, you know, personalities in your company, think about who would make a great guest. And probably the biggest thing is like, have fun with it. Like it is supposed to be a fun channel and be interesting. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's still kind of entertainment. Like I think of it that way as it's still sort of entertainment. Yes, people are learning stuff, and but you're not going to get a lot of people listening or tuning into you if, if you don't make it fun and have a good time with it. It's like any piece of work. Like If you're not enjoying it, it's just not going to go well. So it's something that I've come to really enjoy. Like I look forward to podcasts. I think they're some of the highlights of my week. So make sure that it's fun and enjoy it. It shouldn't be like a burdensome task. Uh, it should be something that you enjoy and, and, you know, can shed light on what your company does. And it's a whole community too, which is fun. Like once you're kind of doing it and you're getting to meet people, you know, you make friends and people that you want to do favors for. And I think that's such a great part of just like life, especially now when we're all just isolated and it's great to, you know, be able to make connections and you know help people out and so yeah i'm a i'm a huge fan i can't encourage your listeners enough to to get activated and and do it that's awesome yeah so as we kind of wrap up here is there anywhere else so i'm assuming huckabye.com is there anywhere else that you want to direct people to to check out if they want to connect with you the company learn more anything at all no, I think Huckabye is a great place to go. Yeah, you can always find our LinkedIn, you know, my LinkedIn. It's just Jeff with a G, G-E-O-F-F. But yeah, LinkedIn and our own site is really the best ways to, to reach out if you're interested and your listeners get 20% like others. So happy to, if they're interested in using Huckabye, they get a nice discount. Awesome, awesome, Wad. Well, I'd, I'd encourage everybody to check that out. And uh, Jeff, thank you again, man. It's been super awesome. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Eric. It's my pleasure. 